Wait, what is it again? You introduce yourself, and then I introduce myself. Okay. I'm so lost. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys. I'm Callie. And I'm Allison. And you're listening to Boo. Gotcha. So I've been in London for like five weeks now. Me and Allison like FaceTime as much as we can because the five hour difference. It's like 1.40 here and it's 8 a.m. there. Um, It's just been really cool. Um, I've been all around central London. I've seen Westminster, St. Paul's Cathedral, a lot of just different like monuments. I went to the Shakespeare Globe. There's a lot of different places. And I also went to Brighton, which is like a beach town, I guess you could call it that uh down south but i mean that was so cool and we went to bath and stonehenge yesterday oh also i this is like me just not realizing things i always thought it was stonehenge i didn't know it was stonehenge until today i mean yesterday when i was going to stonehenge and i was like oh wow it's not stonehenge so that was a that's funny dumb moment but it was so cool it was so pretty the like Roman baths in Bath were so pretty, and we got to drink the water from one of the hot springs. Ooh. It's like safe to drink, <laughs> at least they say. <laughs> and it was, it tasted really weird, but it also was like, it had a whole story about how the water can like cleanse you and make you like healthy. And I was like, okay, and immoral. <laughs> So Callie's never going to die. Yeah. So I'm never going to die now. I'm going to have clear skin forever. And I'm just always going to be vibrant and healthy. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) That's what they kind of thought back in the old days. They thought this water had magical powers. That's awesome. (laughs) How close were you able to get to the Stonehenge? I'm curious. Oh, so I was thinking when I got there that we would be able to walk like all around it, like under it, through it, all around it and stuff. But that's only like super early morning tours. And so... We were only able to, like, walk just around the stones. It was like there was a rope around them. Oh. And so we couldn't get that close. Yeah, I was really surprised. How come? But why I is mean, it based on time? I don't know. I really don't know. I think they just want to be able to control who is allowed to go up to the stones. And okay. if they just do morning tours and they only allow, like, 30 people, I think, then they can control, like, who touches it, who's walking around it and stuff. That makes sense. Um, there's also a bunch of burial mounds around the area, and you could see pretty far in the distance from Stonehenge. Like, it was just, I don't know, on a hill, and then there's, like, plains and hills all around it. And you can see these burial mounds that happened a couple, like, about a century, I think, after Stonehenge. There was, like... um tribes that lived there and it was really sacred to be able to see where your loved one was buried from Stonehenge. Oh, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And there's like this whole like supernatural walk you can go on to, but I mean, we didn't have enough time. Yeah. It's so cool. So Callie's out here living it up in <laughs> Europe and um, my news is I got a pet. It's a silkworm. <laughs> yes. His name is Stanley. He's currently in front of me in a box and he's eating a leaf. And he hasn't died yet, which is, I'm really glad because I couldn't, they, so fun fact, silkworms only eat mulberry leaves. And so these picky little luggards will not eat anything else. And so I've been like running around campus the past week trying to find some mulberry leaves because my professor was basically, because I'm in a bug class and so my professor was like, if you put a bunch of leaves in there, like, he won't eat it unless it's a mulberry leaf. So I've been, like, testing leaves from different trees that I thought were it. But I finally found a little plant right on the edge of campus that I just go and pick a bunch of leaves. And I put them in my fridge. So he is fed, he is happy, and he is fat. <laughs> so what happens with a silkworm? Like, is he going to turn into a butterfly? He is going to turn into a moth. So <gasps> He is? I honestly oh. don't know what's going to happen if I successfully, like, get him to live and build his cocoon and uh-huh. then be a moth because he's going to fly. But also, oh, I'm wait. not sure if he can live in, like, out The cold weather? Well, that and So you're going to have to take care of him. <laughs> yeah. Because he bred these in captivity. And so the reason I even got this silkworm was because he was, like... Does anyone want the extra silkworms I have? They can't live out of captivity, so they're going to die. 
And so I was like, well, if he's going to die anyway, I might as well just try to take care of him. And then if he dies on my hands, he was already going to die. So I don't know what I'm going to do with this moth. Just have him flying around my room. Like, or if I'm going to need to get like a, like a tank. I don't want to buy a, like a giant tank for this Dude, I don't know what you have to do because moths can fit through little like holes. Yeah, and he's going to want to fly, so like, I have no idea what I'm going to do when he becomes a moth, but I guess I will worry about that when it happens. Yeah, hopefully. I hope it does. That'd be really cool to see. That would be cool. Also, you could tell people you raised a moth. True, <laughs> and maybe I can get extra credit because yeah, I'm going to need that. What class is it? It is Entomology 105, Insects, oh, Friends, God. and Orphos. That is the actual oh, name of the course. Oh, man, that sounds rough. <laughs> I'm taking the easiest classes here because I'm, like, studying abroad. So I could take super hard classes, but, like, why would you do that to yourself? Oh, yeah. And luckily, I don't have to. I'm still taking classes that count towards my major. But um, one of them is, like, this media city and cultural capital class. And all it is is, like, we just go on excursions. Like, we go to um, museums. We've gone, like, on walking tours. This Wednesday, we're going to a film institute. Nice. I'm super excited. But, yeah. And then I have two other classes, and they're super easy. I just have to do some readings for them, take notes. But it's really different here, how we, like, study and how we do, like, the syllabus. So when you first go into your class on, like, the first day, they lay out basically, like, what the final is going to be. And they say, all right, so you can like do these readings and you can take notes and it will prepare you for the final. But they don't have like a syllabus. They never hand you like here, this, these are the readings you should do. And there's this like online website we can go into and it's suggested readings. And they're the ones we're supposed to do. But it's like they're difficult to find and they never give you a syllabus. And That's it's weird. just like very, everything's so vague here. And everyone here is very passive aggressive. They even tell, like, call themselves passive aggressive people. The British, and it's very true. Like, I have to take the subway to work on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, my work placement, which is an internship, and getting on at rush hour is the worst thing. It's so hot, and everybody is so passive aggressive and angry. It's I hate it. I dread it so much. But yeah. <laughs> So we have a show for you. Yeah. <laughs> Segway back. We got back. two stories. And here we go. Beak. Guys, it's spooky season finally, too. Yes. Like, it's October. It is Halloween time. I'm in my Joker blanket, and I'm thriving. Yes. <laughs> yes. Me and a um, friend are going as Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable. And I'm so excited. It is going to be amazing. I've seen her costume, and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait. wait. Okay, so All this right. story is called Commotion. And there are many so British words in it, so I'm kind yeah. of ready so for that. So I wrote this story based on, like, some things, like, places I go for, um, like... I mentioned Covent Garden, which is a market slash restaurant area. There's like shops around it. There's markets. There's um, some really high-end restaurants and then some really just like chill restaurants. And I mentioned trains and buses too. And so it's kind of just going to give you an inside look on what it's like living in London. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read this. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here we go. This is Commotion. (laughs) I was on my way to meet some friends in Westminster. We were going to meet up at the station and then head over to Covent Garden for dinner and some catching up. I was really excited because these were friends from uni that I hadn't seen for months. We had all gotten swept up in figuring out our lives and careers that seeing each other in person became harder and harder. But we had each found some stability within the past few weeks and felt that we could finally move from our consistent check-ins and random updates to actually seeing each other. I woke up that Friday to the sound of light rain hitting my open window. I was to meet them, Charlie and Angela, that night, so hopefully after raining on and off all day, it would clear up for our get-together. You never knew. Hey, that's another thing I want to say real quick, 
is, uh, sorry to interrupt you. You're good. But it will rain here like crazy for five minutes and then the sun will come out and you'll be like, wow, what a beautiful day. Five minutes later, it will pour again. It's like that consistently over and over again. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I feel like I'd have to re- wear my rain boots like every day just in case. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. You never knew with London weather. One second it'd look like it was going to storm for hours, but then it'd only rain for five minutes and be sunny again. <laughs> Ready to Basically pour... what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to pour buckets again in another 30 minutes. I turned on the light above my bed and groggily walked over to my window, checking that water wasn't <laughs> dripping inside. I looked out onto the quiet cobblestone sidewalk across from my window. My eyes were weirdly drawn there immediately. I saw the usual flower beds and trampled grass in my neighbor's yards. A man in green rain boots quickly walked down the sidewalk trying to escape the rain. Mood. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Also, disclaimer, I am coming off from a cold, so if I have to take some cough oh, breaks, no, I'll try to cut most of them out. So, yeah. <laughs> I took the weather into consideration <laughs> as I got ready for the day. I spent most of it running errands, going to the grocery store, the shopping district near my apartment, and even stopped at a dog park during a short period of sunshine, enjoying the playful shouts of children and their pets. I rooted my journey to Westminster. I needed to take the 265 to Putney Bridge Station and then ride the district eastbound to Westminster. I think that was the most (laughs) British thing I've ever said that I don't understand at all. (laughs) It was then that I should have noticed the shadow that it... Oh my gosh. (laughs) My throat knew that it was going to be evil. It like got all clustered. That wasn't a word that... Okay. It was then that I should have noticed the shadow that had been following me all day. Maybe in all my excitement I just wasn't paying attention to my surroundings, or the two times someone bumped into me along very uncrowded streets. I've been told since that this shadow, in quotes, was actually one of five certain types of stalkers that have been classified. By who? I don't know. But he was an incompetent stalker. I looked this up, all right? This is real. I'm also incompetent, but I'm not a stalker. (laughs) Meaning, rather than actually talking to me or getting to know me, he just went straight to stalking. And that, and that hard, and had, dang it, that had. And that had started three months before this Friday. Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense because some stalkers, like, know their person or, like, try to know them. Yeah, this guy didn't even know her. And that's why I looked it up. There's like classified five stalkers. And this was one of them. And I don't know who, I really don't know who was classifying these types of stalkers. I mean, it honestly could have just been like a <laughs> random age and somebody decided <laughs> to name five, but it could be like real. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of clueless walking around to not notice someone stalking me for three months. What I also didn't know was that he did not plan on talking to me or viewing me from a distance. No. He was studying my every move. What time do I get up on which days, where I work, where I take lunch, what parks and markets I enjoy, and what friends I've been seen talking about to others, specifically the friends I was to meet that night. So by that Friday afternoon, he knew exactly what streets, buses, and trains I'd take to get to Westminster, and most importantly, what time I'd leave. I remember looking at the clock at four and thinking, I need to change into something nicer and fix up my hair and makeup. At one point, there was a clatter outside. I heard my neighbor yelling at someone and the slamming of a door. Not very unusual, but it would become etched in my brain. The faint recognition of commotion, but not the slightest urge to see what was going on. I grabbed my umbrella, because of course it was raining, and headed out the door, walking to the 265 bus. When I exited my apartment, I almost completely wiped out on my neighbor's garage can. Wait. You said garage can? (laughs) Garbage can. I almost completely wiped out on my neighbor's garbage can, which had overturned on the sidewalk, cursing under my breath. My neighbor opened the door to see what happened. He looked ready to yell again. But noticing it was me, quickly calmed down and ran to pick the pail up out of the way. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. That's kind of a tongue twister. Pick the pail up. He was an older man by the name of Tom, so running meant more like briskly walking. (laughs) 
Oh dear, I'm very sorry. Sketchy people around these parts, just wandering into my yard, knocking things around, and then you tripping? Oh, it makes me worried about our safety. Also, this should I even be do a British accent. Wandering into my yard. Wandering. It's okay. Just oh, grammar I'm spelling Nazi over everything here. wrong. <laughs> no, Is it's fine. <laughs> Okay, normally this type of conversation would make one feel nervous, but my neighbor was always griping about the safety of our neighborhood and gossiping about others on the block. How he even knew about any of this information, I have no clue. But I quickly told him it was alright, and that I had to go, clearly blinded by my own excitement for the night. Oh well, okay, hun. Be careful out there. Not many will open their doors to the sound of a commotion. Tom was right. I didn't open mine. Oh, door. I was like, open what? It is confusing, sorry. I didn't open mine. Lucky for me, that wouldn't be the last time I saw Tom that night. Ooh, foreshadowing. Ooh. I continued on my way down the street, getting on the bus and sitting in a vacant seat next to the window. About one stop or so later, a man in green rain boots got on and sat next to me. It was rather crowded, so I didn't think much of it. But the green rain boots? This was the man from my window that morning. Well, maybe he lived nearby. I shouldn't be so quick to judge. You see the same people all the time. But the feeling in my gut made me feel a little creeped out. What if he was stalking me? I shook my head. You're crazy, Tara. You're being paranoid. Ha ha ha. If only I'd known that, yes, he was a stalker. But that's for in about 40 minutes. This story is 40 minutes, so buckle in. <laughs> Time lapses, all right? Time is lapsing by. <laughs> I got off the bus, as did the man, and I made... Oh my gosh. And I made my way through the crowds to Platform <laughs> 10, trying to lose myself in my music and the people, hoping my paranoia would disappear. I was standing at the platform when I saw him again. Okay, Tara, <laughs> he literally could be going to Westminster too. However... The way he shoved past people to get closer to where I stood, and how he stayed a certain distance behind me, the slight purpose in his movements was becoming obvious. I decided to ride one stop and hop off, testing my extreme paranoia. I also knew another train was coming in three minutes, so it wasn't much of a difference to me. The train came to a halt, and while staring down at my phone, I got off briskly walking towards the other side of the platform. My stomach dropped. I felt panic despair, worry. He followed me, and not just in the, oh, this is my stop too kind of way. No. He <laughs> hastily got off, bumping into an old woman, and only after he had seen that I was gone. Okay, okay, Tara, think. You can't go home, because what if he follows you there? The dark streets and empty sidewalks would give him a perfect opportunity to, to, oh, gosh, I don't know what he wants. Okay. I'll just continue to my friends, and along the way, it will be crowded and busy, and I'll be fine. I can tell them what's going on, and we can get help. Surprisingly, as I made my way to the next train... Train? Pat... Oh my gosh, I'm gonna start over. <laughs> Surprisingly, as I... The problem is, I'm not wearing my glasses. I should have put them on. I don't know where they are. Oh, but I'm no. I'm nearsighted, so it's far away stuff. But for some reason, my laptop's right here, so... Okay, here we go. Is it getting worse? Oh, no. We gotta get your eyes checked. I'm gonna be blind, but next week. Okay. <laughs> Surprisingly, as I made my way to the next train, past multiple stations, and finally to Westminster, the man followed me, but didn't disturb me in any way. I kept trying to catch a glance at him, wondering if it was someone I knew, but he never lifted his hood. I texted Angela, they were already at Covent Garden, but were waiting for me to get there before going into the restaurant. I ran from shop to shop, trying to stay under the cover of their roofs, avoiding the pouring rain. I didn't know or care if that man was still behind me. I hope the rain and crowds really lost him. Up ahead, I saw the glistening lights of Covent Garden, a large square full of restaurants, market stalls, and shopping. I stuck to the side of the shops, trying to find our restaurant and my friends' faces. I spotted them across the street. Their faces beamed at me, all of us, so excited to see each other. I waved at them as I braced myself to run out from under the roof of a little bookshop and into the cold rain. I felt a tug at my coat, and then I was being fully thrown to the side of a wall and onto the ground. Do you see her? <coughs> is she there? <laughs> Who is 
that girl I see. <laughs> Allison slowly dying. It's true. <laughs> you okay, B? Yeah. Okay, um, can you set okay. that line over again? All right. Do you see her? Charlie asked. They had just waved at her and she saw them too, but suddenly she had disappeared. No, she was just there. Angela exclaimed. Come on, let's go across the street. <laughs> Tara lifted her head from the ground, feeling the pulse of where she hit it against the wall. There were green rain boots standing next to her. She went to scream, but the rain was pouring louder and louder. No one could hear her, and the cars kept chugging past, people on the sidewalk unaware of the whole situation at hand. How they not? Okay. The man grabbed her by She's her. in an alleyway. Oh, okay, I missed that. I was like, it's girl right. in the middle I of the sidewalk. I didn't insinuate it good enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to just read no, okay. Kelly's mind. Real quick, though. So the other day, I got lost in this neighborhood that was right next to my university. And the problem was it says there was a path to get through the uh, neighborhood onto the other street that my university was on. And that path wasn't there anymore. And so I was lost and I was really upset and I started crying and like five people walked by me and would just like look at the ground and not say anything. <laughs> like in America, people would probably say something, you know, here they do not care. Even if you're crying and like on the phone with your mom and says, I'm lost, they oh. don't care. They're like, she's probably fine. <laughs> okay. I can attest to that. One time I was in Chicago yeah. and I started crying at a subway yeah. and this lady came up to me and invited me to eat with her and I did. I remember that. <laughs> so... She was so sweet. That was so nice. Why were you in Chicago? I forget. I remember. Okay, so I was in an art history class, and it was a field trip, and I had already, like, signed up and paid for it, and then you guys all said you were going to come home for the weekend and hang out, and then I was really sad because I was in Chicago, and then I started crying on the subway, and then this lady invited me to eat with her, and she ended up being from the area that me and Kelly are from, and so it was really weird because it was almost like a sign. It's crazy. It was crazy. Um, (laughs) All right. Back to this. So, the man grabbed man her. Man grabbed her. The man grabbed her by her hair and dragged her farther into an alleyway. Instead of screaming for help, Tara desperately tried getting away, but to no prevail. Get off her! <gasps> an older man came briskly walking towards Tara. It was her neighbor. He swung the top of a garbage pail lid right into the man's face, knocking him to the ground. Tara? Tara? Wait. Was I supposed to say that? <laughs> Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's Charlie and Angela saying Tara. <laughs> See, the side of the note says Callie all together now. <laughs> I, like I, was like, I was like, all right, all together now. One, yeah, two, like three. Like it's all, like, all together now. <laughs> okay. So this, that was Charlie and Angela that said that. So Charlie and Angela yeah. came running over, unsure of what all the commotion was about. Once Charlie saw the man with the green boots on the ground and the blood oozing from Tara's head, he immediately launched onto the man, swinging and punching, screaming unholy words. Tara, halfway about to pass out, tried screaming for Charlie to stop when she saw the silver gleam of a dagger fall from within the man's jacket. Knife! Angela screamed. She raced and grabbed it, which made Charlie pausing. Which made Charlie pause, giving the man enough time to throw Charlie off him and run off into the rain. All I could think is, what do you got there? A knife! No! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey. Call an ambulance! My neighbor exclaimed at Charlie and Angela. The two stood in shock, but raced into action at the pale look upon my face. I I saw that man follow you. He was the one that stumbled into my yard, but I noticed his interest in your window. I was so worried. I decided to follow you, too, just to make sure you made it to where you were going. Thank you. I passed out at that point. (laughs) So that's all you remember? And you woke up in the hospital afterwards? Yeah. I I wish I could give you more. Tara, you realize who you escaped from, right? You were supposed to be the fourth victim, and well, as happy as I am that you're here right now, there still could be a fourth. Is there anything else you can give us? Green rain boots. What? He... <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I'm loving your top voice, and it's just getting me. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> he wore green rain boots. They were ankle-high and distinctly dark green. 
Huh. All right. Thank you. Oh, is that me? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's your last line. Yeah. Who knew that Jack the Ripper would be a fashionista? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I thought Jack the Ripper was okay. like in the 1700s. Yeah. I never said anything about phones or like <gasps> anything. I did say cars, all right? And I definitely said the cars chugged past to insinuate that the cars were like... Like those old know. timey cars. Yeah, but I don't think Jack the Ripper was seventeen hundred. Sorry, don't listen to me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of supposed to be like a story about, uh, like one of the girls that was supposed to be Jack Ripper's last victim, but escaped. And what really happened though in his story is we're going on a Jack the Ripper tour, like in a couple, like in a month, I think. <coughs> yeah. And so I'll learn more about him then. That's kind of why I didn't look up anything really about Jack the Ripper. I just based it off of what I already know. Because when I go on the tour, I, like, want to learn everything then. Mm -hmm. Just because I love being, like, in the experience. But he had, I think it was three victims. Uh, There could have been more. I feel like I'm completely wrong on this. But nobody escaped. None of his victims escaped. And I was like, well, what if? Yeah, that's cool. I like that. You got me. Thanks. Okay, we got a skit for you guys. Uh, a skit. <laughs> a skit. I'm trying to cough yeah. when you're talking because I it's easier for me to cut it out because it's two separate audio. Okay. So just let you know, I'm not like yeah. trying to be like coffee stalking. Coffee. No, it's okay. <laughs> coffee. Your name is Coffee now. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm delirious. This is like a stripper name. Can we please add all of this into the podcast? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're back, boys. And we got... <gasps> no! Oh no! <laughs> Her phone just fell. <laughs> it's fine. I'm on FaceTime. Kelly's face just yeeted across my floor. It's fine. Okay. So... Guys, we have another Crime City baby Because it's... For you. Fun. And I'm so excited. So this is the... Allison picked these ones out. I honestly don't know how to pronounce this. It is E-A-U. I'm guessing it's Euclair. Oh. Oh, Wisconsin. Euclair? Euclair, Wisconsin. Not France, which is the accent I was attempting to use. You literally were like, Euclair, France. <laughs> Francois. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> The, what really got me with this police scanner, and it's the reason I chose it, is in their bio. Oh, um, for anyone who doesn't know, maybe this is the first episode you're watching, which if it is, go watch episode one. Come on. Um, we find a crime scanner on Twitter that we think is funny, and we put it in a little chart, and we read some funny tweets. And disclaimer, if something terrible happened, we are sincere in our apology. We are just uh-huh. thought these tweets are funny, but yes. So anyway... Starting yeah. with the bio, the first sentence is, We are not the police, in all caps. We report what comes across the Yclair County Public Safety <laughs> Audio Feed from the scanner to inform the citizens of Yclair, Wisconsin. You sound like the girl from the most popular girls in oh school. Oh my gosh. That YouTube series. What is her name? When you say Yclair, it's the girl that's like, uh, how do you say I, how you hair say- tie? And then she's like, don't say, how do you say you it? already know how to say it. Three. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. I'll never remember. I just remember a few lines. I remember Rachel Tice. And her little beret she would wear. <laughs> yes. Alright. Okay, so, um, Callie, you go Wait. ahead and start it out. Okay. Check person. Corner of eight, the maple. Caller said there was a male, white, wearing a bandana on his head and a backpack. He was going through mailboxes prior to being at the corner, and now he's throwing up. Oh, gosh. Was he wearing anything else but the bandana and a backpack? (laughs) That would be really funny if he wasn't, and I also like to think that he's also wearing the backpack on his head because of the way they worded it. While wearing a bandana on his head and a backpack, like, oh, yeah, there's also a backpack on his head. I wouldn't be surprised. He's obviously intoxicated or yeah. he's taking something. <laughs> so this next one, 
Um, I've never heard of Taco John's. I've heard of Taco Bell, but I just You've heard thought, of Taco Bell. Get ready for oh, Taco, Taco John's. <laughs> so it says, <laughs> Medic 10 Taco John's on Brackett Avenue for a sick person. 21-year-old female, conscious and alert. She's inside the store and has gotten sick. She says it's from smoking a cigarette and feels horrible and doesn't know why. Like, what do you mean you don't oh, know gosh. why? You just said... <laughs> She said, I feel sick from a cigarette, but I don't know why. <laughs> Girl, stop smoking those cigs. That is the answer. <laughs> Nicotine is not the answer. <laughs> All right. This next one, I really like the um, the choice of words. So it just starts off with the word undesirable. So as a person, like this person is undesirable. Me. Uh, 861X Burnell Drive. Caller states there's a female that they're trying to intercept kids, <laughs> intercept kids off the school bus. She's taken them before in the past. Oh no! Oh, she's probably like, oh, it's probably like a div, oh, difficult situation. Is she trying to take her own children, or is she just trying to or take just random, random children? Yeah, that's the real thing. Where it's like this could get creepy. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that is terrifying. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Check welfare. Fairfax and Spooner. Male subject riding a bike keeps falling down. Last seen near the bank. <laughs> you want, what are you going to do? You're going to get some training wheels. You're going to put them on, and then you're not going to fall off the bike. Uh, yes. Problem solved. <laughs> or also, don't be intoxicated, because you probably are. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Officer, is this vehicle suspended for 21 unpaid tar- parking tickets? Dispatch, I'm showing 20. 20 parking tickets. Where are you parking? (laughs) (laughs) I am reading ahead. Okay. This next one I do not understand. Magnesium injection room. An updraft occurred and a table got on fire. They tried to extinguish the fire but was unsuccessful. They are evacuating. And to this day, that that table is still on fire. (laughs) What is a magnesium injection room? I do not know. I feel like it could either be something really inappropriate or something really scary. Table got on fire? Why didn't they just say the table caught on fire? Like, that's what you say. It probably meant to, but what time was it? Oh, it was 9 a.m. I was going to say, if it was like 1 a.m., then <laughs> don't blame them. Okay, so this next series of tweets. Can I just say all these at once? Yes. Because they all just together are really funny. So there's four tweets here. And the first one starts out with dog at large, 311X Eddie Lane, border collie mix at large. It's an ongoing issue. And the next tweet says dog in custody. The next one, dog in custody. And the last tweet, cat in custody. <laughs> That's how it's called the problem. Some dogs and cats. <laughs> all right. Next one, undesirable, Uclair. Public library, named female, was banned yesterday, and we just dealt with her a little while ago. Oh, no. (laughs) Keep her out of the books. (laughs) All right. Caller says they seem to be on some sort of drugs. Caller believes the apartment is locked, and the suspect vehicle is a blue Ford, and they pulled it into the garage. That to me just doesn't make sense. So the caller's on drugs. The caller thinks their apartment is locked. And there's their own suspect vehicle as a blue Ford in their driveway. So they pulled into the garage, but the apartment is locked. Is there a garage in an apartment? I don't know. Apartments don't have garages. Oh, maybe like a parking garage. Yeah. The caller has called 911 about their apartment being locked, and it's because he's on drugs. Okay. Oh, the caller says that the suspect appears to be on some sort of drugs. They need to word that better because what I thought was the caller called the police and said, I'm on some sort of drugs. That's what I thought. Oh. Okay, so the caller called and was like, The caller's saying someone on... The apartment, like, my apartment's locked, so I'm safe, but there's a suspect, and he appears to be on some sort of drugs, and his car is blue, and they pulled into the garage. That's where I'm still a little, like, is it a parking garage? Is there somehow a garage on the apartment? I've never seen an apartment with garage (laughs) before, but who knows. And with that... Yeah, it's... Oh, Kyle, you want to say something? (laughs) No, we're good. Okay, we're done. I'm good to go. (laughs) Bye. Okay, 
Welcome to Allison's story, which is about female empowerment through being sick, like with a cold. That is how she just gave me the description of her story. <laughs> and so I'm ready to dive in. <laughs> All right. Ah, Wait, did you say the title or, or did I miss it? Oh, I didn't. Sorry. Bless you. That's the title. <laughs> All right. Ah, Bless you. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. I lean across my desk and grab a tissue. My coworker Brent peeks his head over the top of the cubicle separating us. Man, that sounds like a crazy cold you got there. Gee, you think, Brent? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been keeping me up at night. It's been awful. Did you just have a notification? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's been keeping me up at night. It's been awful. It's a good sick voice. Her nose is obviously stuffed up. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You look terrible. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's more like ha ha, because I said you look terrible. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> hey, guys, come on now. Let's keep it down. I'm talking to you, Ashley. We both turned to look at our boss, Raymond, who's standing by the copier with coffee mug in his hand. He's looking at me and doesn't break eye contact. His cry cold eyes. His cry cold eyes. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. I don't know. Eyes could be cry. Wait. His His cold eyes. I think it was just supposed to be his cold eyes. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Our boss just starts crying. (laughs) Like, could you please quiet down, Ashley? I just need to be quiet. Okay. His cold eyes bore into mine. I immediately turned and looked down, back at my work. Ashley, no! Stand up for yourself, girl! None of us here like Raymond, but for some reason, I feel he seems to focus on me. (sighs) Always calling me out in front of everyone and getting upset at me, even when others are making the same mistake. That's awful. What a mood. I'm not the only one who's noticed. That guy is an a-hole, dude. You should file a complaint to HR. I know. I just need this job. If he found out... <laughs> I can't. Okay. <laughs> She's sick. We all know it. If he found out, I'd definitely get fired, and then I'd have to start all over at some other company. I just... Uh, uh, her boss is quieting her down. I'm done. <laughs> I jump in my seat, and I look up to see Raymond, who has somehow gotten right behind me without me noticing. Sorry, sir. <laughs> I mutter and get back to work. I would have turned around and... <laughs> Ooh. Alright. Uh, at my lunch break. I grab my microwave meal out of the microwave and head into the break room to eat. Brent is already sitting in there and I join him, join him at the table. I glance over at his super healthy meal, stocked full of fruits, veggies, and protein. Man, I wish I could eat as healthy as you. Yeah, I take my health very seriously. We share a laugh <laughs> and then continue conversing while we eat our lunches. Raymond walks in <laughs> and we both fall silent. The mood completely dead yeah. now. You all know that <laughs> feeling when the person that you don't like walks in and the whole room tone just shifts. <laughs> he slowly walks over and takes a seat right next to me. He always eats his lunch in his office, so I have no idea what he's doing out here. By the look on Brent's face, he has no idea either, and the three of us awkwardly eat our lunches in silence. All of a sudden, Raymond speaks up. So, are either of you going to the charity dinner on Friday? I take a look at Brent, but he just slightly shrugs his shoulders, so I answer. I actually don't think I'll have time. I've got a bunch of work to catch up on. Raymond looks at me coldly, and without breaking eye contact, says, Brent? What about you? Uh, I think so. I haven't really checked my schedule, so I'm not entirely sure whether... Well, you should go. (laughs) He's still looking at me when he says this, which sends a shiver up my spine. Then he gathers his things and walks out, letting the door slam behind him. Um, that was super creepy, right? Um, yeah. Why was he looking at me like that? Like, when he said you should go, it didn't look like he cared whether you went. You need to be careful, Ashley. I wouldn't go on Friday. That guy creeps me out, and all he ever does is look at you. There's something wrong with him. I'll file a complaint for you. That's nice, Brent, but I can handle myself. I don't need a knight in shining armor. 
Ashley, that guy is a lunatic. I can't just sit here and let him treat you like that. I am fine, Brent. Just stay out of my business. I grab my things and storm out before he can respond. Working nine to five. (laughs) Okay. It's five o'clock. I log off my computer and throw on my jacket. As I gather my stuff, Brent peeks his head over the cubicle once more. Ashley, I'm sorry, okay? I just wanted to help you out. I don't want to see you get hurt, and my feelings got the best of me. I was hoping we could talk, or- I have to go. I just have a lot on my mind right now. I'll see you later. Wow. After I went home that day, I didn't end up getting back to work for the next two days. My cold had gotten worse, so I took some sick days and was in bed most of that time. I would get phone calls, but when I picked up, there'd be no voice on the other end. I could only hear a faint breathing before that person hung up on me. But I was so delirious on cold meds, I didn't seem to care. Friday rolled around and I was able to get myself out of bed to go to work. I got inside and sat at my desk. I glanced over my cubicle. Brent wasn't at work today. Oh, no. I felt bad about the argument we had gotten into, so I wrote a little apology on a sticky note and placed it on his keyboard. Hopefully he'd be in later today and see it. I got to work. At lunch, I sat alone in the break room, munching on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The door swung open and I looked up, hoping it was Brent. My face fell when I saw it was Raymond, and this time we were both alone. Are you feeling better? Yeah. That's great. We both sit in awkward silence once more. Suddenly a burst of rage hits me and I can't help but tell him off right then and there. Sir, I respect you as my boss, but I ask that you treat me with respect as well. You single me out all the time and you make me feel belittled. I'm not the only one making mistakes here, sir. And I respectfully ask that you treat me with the same level of respect you treat the rest of the employees. There's another pause while I try to read his face. Finally, he speaks. I'm sorry if you feel that way. A sorry isn't going to cut it, sir. I ask that your actions speak louder than your words from this point on. He says nothing, but gets up and leaves me alone once again. I pull up to my house. As I walk up to the door, I have a strange this feeling that someone work, is watching me. <laughs> As I step up the porch steps, I, gra- I gasp. Spray painted across the door is the words, I'm sorry. I whirl around and take my surroundings. My heart is racing extremely fast. I notice a car parked across the street that isn't usually there. There's a sticker on the window of our company's logo. My heart drops in my stomach. Raymond, he's here. I have to get inside. I quickly unlock my door and get inside. I lock myself in and back up slowly. I hear footsteps up footsteps up the steps and to the door, followed by a loud... <coughs> I slump to the floor, whimpering, but remain still. I hear it again. I race into my bedroom and lock myself in. I wait and I listen, but the knocking stops. After what seems like an eternity, I breathe out a sigh of relief. (sighs) I crawl into bed, too exhausted to even change into my pajamas. I take a deep breath and feel another sneeze coming. Uh, Achoo! Once again, the room is silent. Bless you. Thanks, Brent. Wait a minute. I slowly turn over. Brent is standing at the foot of my dead bed, a giant knife in hand. Finally, I thought you'd never get here. Brent, what are you doing? I just wanted to talk to you. I really liked you, but all you've done was blow me off. I'm done. Brent, please, you don't have to do this. It's the perfect crime. Everyone in the office knows how creepy Raymond is and how he's always calling you out. And with me as a witness, he'll take the fall. But he's at the charity dinner. He's got an alibi. He left early, that creepy old perv. I waited until he did to come here. When I'm finished, I'll sneak back in and give myself an alibi. Goodbye, Ashley. He raises his hands, ready to plunge the knife into me. Then my cold speaks up. Ah-choo! I sneeze right into his face, spitting mucus right in his eyes. He screams, falters, and drops a knife, giving me time to grab it and hold it up to him. I kick him over, and while he lays there, I grab my phone to dial 911. Bless you, Brent. Dun, Such dun, a terrible ah. way to end the story. I was like, it has to end with bless it, you. But then I was like, why would you say bless you to him? But I was like, you know, whatever. Well, bless you, like, bless Brent for falling over and being a true dummy. <laughs> so... Ha <laughs> ha.
There it is. Good story, Allison. <laughs> I liked it. It was very interesting. It was very different, and I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, so another funny thing, if you scroll back up to... Um, uh-huh. Where is it? I think page two, the bottom of page two, when they are talking about, like, the microwave meal and the healthy meal... That was uh-huh. supposed to play more of a part in the story. Like, it was going to be like, I wanted you to be my girl, but you can't eat healthy. Like, that was going to be like... <laughs> and then I was like, that's really stupid. So then I was like, we'll just take it a different direction. But, yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. Right. Bless you. Bless you. It's time for a skit. Another one. Another one. Another one. So careful oh on your scrolling, because we got another oh. ghost or not for you people, and this time it is Callie again. Down. I think it's page six is the first one, and you'll go ahead and read that name when you get there. All right, so The Bell Witch. This one's real. I know this one. Ah, dang. I know this girl. Ding. All right. Correct. Sweet. Um... Probably the most famous ghost in American oh, history well. is the Bell Witch. <laughs> I should have known when I read that. <laughs> a poltergeist who basically trolled the heck out of the Bell family of Adams, Tennessee from 1870 to 1821. A spirit claiming to be old Kate Bat's witch drove John Bell Sr. and his kids to the brink of insanity with typical poltergeist behavior, like constant knocking and scratching sounds and physical assault, <coughs> like hair pulling, pinching, and sticking the various bells with pins. Wow, that was not the story I knew. Okay. I was thinking of the, um, oh, the only reason I thought it was real because I was thinking of the Blair Witch Project. Oh. And I was thinking Blair Witch, not Bell Witch. Silly. Okay, well. You're going to lose your mind when you see this next one. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) So am I am I answering whether it's real or not that he's a ghost? Like yeah, cuz Abraham Lincoln was obviously real, but his ghost, yeah. whether he had one or not. I feel like he um Yeah, I feel like he has to be a ghost. Is Ding. he? <gasps> Read it. Yes. Since Lincoln's death in 1865 at the hands of assassin John Wilkes Booth, his ghost has popped up in a number of different locations, including his grave and Ford's Theater, among others. But he's most commonly spotted in the White House, including, naturally, the Lincoln bedroom. Mm-hmm. Numerous heads of state have been shocked by the ghost of Lincoln in the last 150 years, including Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands, who fainted after opening the door to find Honest Abe standing there. But maybe the best story is that of Winston Churchill who once stepped out of the bathtub and walked into the bedroom to reportedly see Abe standing by the fireplace, completely naked and ashing a cigar, Churchill quipped, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. After which Ghost Lincoln reportedly vanished to the ethereal plane, presumably to see if Ghost John Wilkins Booth could blast that image out of his brain. <laughs> the person wearing oh this had so much fun. I love that last yeah. sentence. That is so cool. I'm trying to visit the Lincoln bedroom just so I can maybe see his ghost because that would be the highlight of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next one. Janet's Pearls. Janet's Pearls. Honestly, it's been so long since I made this. I don't even know if, like, if this is real. (laughs) False. Not real. Not real. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> if Janet were real, she would have loved her beautiful pearl necklace, gifted to her by her fiancé, Jack Chambers. However, when she happens upon him cheating on her with another woman, she's so upset that she runs out into heavy rain and in her emotional state does not see the bus traveling full <laughs> speed ahead. Her severed hand was the first thing to be found. Her fingers in a literal death grip on the pearls she once loved. So poetic. Also, it's Jack Jambers. This fictional character's last name. Yeah. Yeah, you just pronounced it differently, but I wanted it to be Jack Jambers, even though it's completely false and it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Jambers? Yeah. It's Jambers. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Jack Jambers. All right, that's cool. The next one Resurrection Mary or Resurrection Molly. Mm. Oh my gosh. I really have no clue for this one. I want to say like Mary because Mary is a very common ghost name, which means it's fake. So I'm going to go with Resurrection Molly. Which one's You real? are false. Read that first one. I'm false. You had According it. According to... D- okay, dang it. You switched it, but it's okay. 
According to dozens of witnesses since the 1930s, here's how things basically go. A dude drives down Archer Avenue and sees a girl in a party dress walking down the road. Like a total creeper, the dude is like, please get in my car, strange girl. The girl agrees but sits very quietly in the car until then she asks to be let out at Resurrection Cemetery. And in a secret reverse double creep move, completely disappears because, surprise, she was a ghost all along. (laughs) The generally accepted version of the story is that Mary was a girl walking home from the O. Henry Ballroom after her boyfriend was a jerk to her. And then while on Orchard Avenue, she was hit by a completely different jerk who subsequently drove away and left the poor girl to die and be a ghost forever. Also, I just want to give creds. Someone, this wasn't me writing this. This was just an article that I will link in the podcast. So... It is really funny how this is worded, and I really love it. So that's why I copy pasted it in. So just want to let you know, giving credits to that. The author. Molly one, like all is of the these. Molly one. Okay. Well, except for the fake ones I made up, like the except ones that are real. Ones, yeah. I just wanted to give credit to whoever wrote that this because it's funny. really they funny. They worded it like that. Yeah. I thought you wrote that out. I was oh, like, she no. definitely wrote this. That's out. why I wanted to say something because it does sound <gasps> like something I would say. Uh huh. Okay. This and next then one. Molly. Well, yeah. This is about Resurrection Molly, which I thought was real, but is actually the fake one. <laughs> Poor Molly just wants to live her life in the afterlife. <laughs> but so many kids keep using those blasted Ouija boards and bringing her back. So she's frustrated. She's terribly tired. When she comes back, all she does is scream at them. Leave me alone, she says. I just want to watch reruns of that 70s show. The kids finally let her rest. We're all right. We're all right. <laughs> no, it's we're all all right. We're all all right. It's oh. like the theme song. Hello, Wisconsin. <laughs> Wow, yes. I missed that. <laughs> Kelly's just like, we're all right. We're all right. <laughs> we're well. We're all right. It's all right. <laughs> and once again, I have the link. I will be putting it in the podcast if you want to actually read the article. I think there's pictures, too, so that's always nice to go and see the actual article. Yeah. Because I did not know the author's yeah. name, so credit to him. I love our him. podcast, but the only thing is, is, like, I wish I could just send you guys the photos. Like, I, I wish I could send talk you guys the, the photos, photos of these ghosts. onto the life <laughs> that okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Allison, I really loved your story because it was just very different. Yeah, it, it felt weird. I wrote it the day that I thought we were recording the podcast. So I was like, oh, shoot, got to write. And then I was like, we're at work and there's a cold and there's a weird boss named Raymond, which is literally Yay. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That w- I was trying to do Raymond Holt voice, <laughs> but it really failed, especially because I'm sick. I thought it would make it sound cooler. It did not. So, <laughs> Well, yeah. it sounded pretty creepy, so that was good enough. Yay. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so after this next episode, after this episode, it's going to almost be Halloween. So the next one is going to yes. be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be spookied up. Um, but, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed our uh, little rants about college in London. And if you have any questions, you know, on our Instagram, you can comment. You can leave uh, questions, leave likes. Hi, Editor Allison here. This is the part of the show where I erase the rest of my audio. So I will play a clip of Callie and then try to transition into finishing up the show. And everything is fine. Good night. There are nice people out there. There's good people. Besides Raymond, and besides Jack the Ripper, (laughs) and Brent. All right, this has been Boo. Gotcha.